Hello there, everyone, and welcome to my channel. Today, I'm in conversation with Cardiff Met superstar Zach Close. Zach, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, really. Happy to be here, and good to see a different face in this lockdown. Yeah, oh, awesome, Zach. Thank you very much for uh, agreeing to talk to me as well. So, can you just give a little introduction of yourself? What's your rugby career at the moment? Who are you playing for, position-wise? Um, my name is Zach Close, and I'm in my third year completing um, a sports science degree. But I'm also on a Elite sports scholarship to Cardiff Met, uh, Cardiff Met University, and I'm the first team player for Cardiff Met RFC. Uh, I'm a centre and winger, um, so hopefully score a lot of tries. Um, <laughs> I have seen uh, you plenty, plenty of times, especially down at Cardiff Arms Park. I do remember those days. Uh, yeah, one of my favourite memories. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm currently, well, as a, as a rest of the nation, currently in lockdown keeping fit and hoping for the next more rugby to come soon. Amazing. I mean, that's what we'd all want. We, we all want rugby to come back as soon as it possibly can and we want to get stuck into it. But to begin with, Zach, why don't you tell me what what is it about rugby that drew you in in the first place? What started your rugby career for you? Um, it's a bit of a, a bit of a classic one, but uh, I played football when I was younger. I started off playing football. My brother and I used to play football. I was captain of a school team when I was in junior school, captain of the local side, like quite um, quite a bog standard centre-back used to uh, put in some challenges that probably... That's how every rugby player starts off in football, isn't it? You have to be the defender at the back because you're the only one that doesn't mind getting bumped into. Exactly. Um, uh, and then I went to St John's College, a private school in Portsmouth, and obviously in that, in that whole thing, rugby's quite a big, big part of the private education. So I was sort of... Not, I wouldn't say forced him, but like we didn't have a football team, so I was like, oh, I'll try rugby. Um, the teacher called Mr. Bird took me for my first training session. He was actually a history teacher, um, but loved a bit of rugby. And every time I see him now, he reminds me that he took, um, took me for my first session. So if I ever get anywhere, just remember who, who taught me how to pass. So he's um, the one that is going to get the England ticket from you when you uh, run out well, for your first I, I say that, but there's a few of us who would be disappointed. Like, oh, loads of them, like Miss, Mr. Tart. Good names as well. Mr. Bond, literal Mr. Bond. Wow, literal um, Mr. Bond. Fair <laughs> enough. And then I started playing rugby there I in year seven, so I was about 12, 13. And then I joined a local club, United Services in Portsmouth, which was like a big Navy backing and um, from the whole, from where it's based. Um, started playing, playing there for a few years. And then as I got older, I... I was actually quite good at it, so Fair enough. I enjoyed it Let's more. Let's go back to that very like beginning part of playing rugby. Like you obviously transitioned across from football. It, it's a very different world to a football pitch, isn't it? A rugby pitch. You know, there's a lot of different things that are said out there, and there's a very different style of of playing. You know, um, what did you think? What what would you say are the challenges of starting out in rugby at a young age? Um, you started out as, as you went to secondary school, so you would have been about 12, 13 years old. Is there anything that sticks in your mind as something being quite challenging that you had to face when you first transitioned? Um, for me, it was a bit of a breath of fresh air because I was—I've always been quite a big, I was quite a big child, um, and playing football didn't really suit that. So when everyone went, oh, "I should try rugby," and I had no idea about it. I didn't know the name, the names of the positions, or like any rules when I first started. Um, I just ran with the ball, and I and in and in football, I didn't score any goals, so I was a bit like, oh. The egotistical side of me was like, oh, I kind of want the attention of scoring goals. <laughs> and in rugby, I got the attention of scoring tries. Yeah. Uh, it kind of just flew with it. The challenges, I wouldn't say how many challenges. There was a few challenges of coming in from football and, and not being bad at it at the start. So, like, people would be a bit like, a, like, 
have a bit of a hostility towards me because they thought I should be like a football player when actually I was more of a role player disguised as a football player and that's that's really the only challenge I can think of and then until which we'll, we'll probably discuss about it later but until I got to serious rugby I wasn't yeah. finding any issues but yeah absolutely and so when you first you know you went to your first training session um can you remember it quite well the first time that you went to a rugby training session was there perhaps a moment where someone looked straight at you and went Zach definitely a center definitely a winger I can um, see running in the tries that's that's actually really funny because I started off as a prop um, oh no way I was I was um for, the, all the best players start off at prop that's where I started my rugby career so that must have been <laughs> that must be the thing that you know people do um, you did teach me all I knew so <laughs> um yes I started off at prop my first game I remember it, it was away to Hampshire Collegiate um which is a school near me like a, a di- on, on the same circuit as us and I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know any of the rules. And I just ran with the ball and, it, and found that it was quite easy and didn't get tackled. Um, scored a few tries. Um, and the teacher came up to me and went, yeah, you're pretty good at this. And I was like, I, I don't really know what I've done, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> first training session, I don't really remember. Um, it, I, I literally, I can only remember some of them when I went to join the, the club. When I joined the club, I remember a few tournaments I played as a youngster and like... Sure few sessions I go to I had one session where I fell out with a coach who was also in like a like a marine or something oh, when God. I was about 13 14 and I was giving it all bigger and he was like and then it all kicked off a bit and I was a bit like wow I didn't realize but um yeah why did, that, it, why did it kick off what kind of happened in that interaction that meant you know he boiled over I think, so it's come back to football coming from football you can you can talk quite a lot to the ref and you can talk quite a lot to people around you and I didn't really get told that you couldn't really do that. So he wasn't ah. a referee, he was a coach. And so we had a disagreement because I was shouting and giving it all to the ref. And he was like, not. And his, his kid played in the same team. And me and him were quite good mates, but like we sort of transitioned to the same position. And I was quite a loud, outspoken child. And from the start, I'd been very confident. And backing myself is something that I, I like to do, especially on the rugby field when I was younger, because it was I, I knew that I could score tries. Um, and I think, I think personally, both of us overstepped the line in a bit of the of the verbal and then um actually it actually actually like pushed me away from him and I was like oh my god oh. this is a bit this is my first experience but then you kind of get get used to it as you get older there's a lot of confrontation in rugby because mainly because of the passion people have for it Absolutely. so when I look back on it it built me a bit and helped me talk to referees more respectfully and really sorted my not sorted, but it's really like helped develop the way I spoke to, to referees and, and, the, and the officials in the game. So I yeah, thought, like I at the time, definitely, it must have been seen as quite a quite a shock to the system on how yeah. you, you, know, you conduct yourself on a rugby pitch. But in the grand scheme of things, that was a great learning curve for you as a as a player, especially being so new to the sport. Yeah, so I like to um, think of everything as as a learning curve. Try to at least, but when you're in your, your dark spots of your career, you don't really think of it. You think, oh my god, this is the end of the world. So for me, that was probably the first time I felt, oh, this is really bad. I'm, and then, but then when I realised, I subconsciously learned from it and built built from it. So when you look back, when I look back at all the mistakes or bad things happening in my career at the moment, I'm, I'm more grateful for them rather than rather than looking back with, with not fond memories. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, um, what is your earliest memory then of being quite good at rugby? So we've already spoken about you, you know, scoring lots of tries when you first started going and the coach said, you got something here. But where was it deep down when you knew that this was getting serious? Like this, um, it was no longer a case of, you know, rugby's quite good fun. I'm scoring lots of tries. I'm getting lots of good looks. 
But when did it finally turn to being, this is a serious ambition for me now? Um, that was, it was quite late on, actually. So um, I'll, I'll probably discuss it later, the whole situation, the whole like, part of my career. But um, I was playing county. Actually, I say that wasn't late on. So I, I got into London Irish Academy at 14, 13. Yeah. Um, and I was involved with that quite a lot. And I was involved with county rugby and I was like, oh, pretty good. When I was with London Irish, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a professional rugby player. <laughs> because every kid thinks that when they're in the, in the academy, they're like, oh, I'm in the academy, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And I yeah. see people, so I, so I was a deputy head boy at my school, so I got quite good connections with the teachers and stuff and their, and their children, and they all talk to me about their kids. They're like, oh, they're in the academy, and you see them playing, you're like, they think they're the best things since sliced bread. Um, and it's quite funny to, to reminisce. Uh, so I got to London Irish Silver, and then got, um, then got cut from that and dropped back down to the, the starting like, level, it's called bronze. And then that kind of just fizzled out. So I, so that was when I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a fresh rugby player. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be a fresh rugby player. How was that be. to cope with then? Because obviously this, so you're saying like 13, 14 years old, it's it's, it's a very young age for something so yeah. harsh to happen. I've seen, you know, people I know from, from youth level and they disappear and you think, oh, my God, they've, they've disappeared. And that means they're going to be a pro. And then, you know, they, they drop back down, but then they don't come back a lot of them because it's, it's quite a dramatic thing to happen at such a young age. So I how think it's, you, yeah. you build yourself up, not only physically, but mentally to deal with that and that pressure? I think you've made a really good point there. People do disappear and kind of, you sometimes you see them later on, they're like, oh, they're playing good level rugby. Or sometimes you see them doing something completely different. For me, dropping, I got dropped during my GCSEs. So wow. that um, really kind of ruined my, uh, my, my revision schedule, which I didn't really have in the first, but I did, but try to stick to as much as possible as, as far as your parents know you definitely did <laughs> I definitely very clear on the airways now um but uh i managed to come out with some good gcse's um top end I was, I was happy with them um but yeah i got dropped and i was like oh, I'm just gonna, i kind of didn't really think much of it because it wasn't when i was 16 ish i wasn't i always think that it's not really there like you're not at that point in your life where you're going to sign a contract um i'd been in in and around the Portsmouth football setup, like I know a lot of people who played for Portsmouth and they signed at a young age, and I was like, oh, that's that's football, and I'd been switched and rugby, and I was like, yeah, people say rugby contracts don't come about easily, and I was like, oh, okay, well then I didn't really, I don't really remember being that upset. I was obviously gutted to be dropped, and I'd, it really, I took it quite hard. I always do take things quite hard um, when it comes to being dropped or not making a team, and I always really worry about it. But for that, I was a bit like, oh. Damn it! I'm still I've st I still back myself to be that good. So when I was younger, I just played and enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, that's probably the earliest memory I have of of having a challenge in, in rugby where I thought oh, I'm going to go pro and I'm not going to go pro and then on and off a bit. Well, how did you how did you bounce back from that then? So you talk about you know being in the silver squad. There was obviously that massive moment. Did you ever make it back into London Irish's setup, or did you find yourself in a new position where you felt more confident in your rugby ability and taking it more seriously? I didn't actually go back into the Norris setup. I dropped down to bronze and that ended when I got older. Um, played county rugby for Hampshire um, until I was totally under 20s, actually. Well, under 18s, but I was playing under 20s. Um, and I was just enjoying it. And I, was, and I actually had um, a really, I was really deep in, in, in discussions about becoming a ski instructor. Um, in Canada, I was, I'd been offered, I went on all school ski trips and stuff, and I raced, ski raced for school and got invited to the British school ski squad. That's so I was like, I'm pretty, pretty decent at this. Um, 
I kind of really, I like, I enjoy skiing. I don't like competing in skiing. I find it a bit like takes a fun out of it for me. It's more of a getaway. It's same with surfing, actually. Escape from everything else that's yeah. going on. Same with surfing, which I, I still do it now to get away from the stress. Um, and uh, but I was going to go to be a ski instructor in Canada. I was, I was filmed for scholarships to, to join um, certain companies that do a scholarship program. They train you for free because I think you're going to be quite good at it. And then I was on it. Then I was on an internship to, to Whistler in Canada went to meet the guy who ran it and stuff like that. And they basically get your job straight away after you do the internship. So I was really, during my A-levels, I was like, start of, my, start of year 12, I was like, well, I'm going to be a ski instructor. And I, and I could see my life being that. I, mean, I can see myself doing it after rugby even now. Um, so I wasn't really that worried. But then, yeah, I, 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 I don't know how to like describe it. But yeah, I just saw myself being a ski instructor in year yeah. 12 and didn't really think about rugby until year 13 where I got, place for Welsh Exiles um, which I was happy with and then I remember I was in a psychology class um, and I got invited to the Wales under 18s trials uh, with the Exiles it was like a tournament where like Blues played Scarlets and played Ospreys and played Dragons who played the Exiles um, it's called Super 6 weekend mm. and I was, I was like I stopped I was, it, was a year, it was a year 12 psychology class I think Um it must have been, yeah. And I stopped in class. The teacher was talking. I was like, oh, my God. And she, she was like, why are you on your phone? And I was like, I just got an email. And she was like, what, what, what about? And I was like, be invited to Wales, like, under 18s trials. And I didn't, because I'm part Welsh, but I'd never really thought anything of it than, than the Exiles. I played, what, a couple of games with them and did done a couple of training sessions and just thought, obviously, it's a bit of fun, a bit of different people to play with. Hmm. And she was like, "Oh my god, really?" And just completely stopped the lesson. And there was only about three of us. There was about three of us in there. And she was because we were sixth form. It's quite a small sixth form. And um, she was like, "Oh my god, that's mad!" And it was almost like lunchtime. She was, like, "Oh, you can go to lunch early then. That's that's great." And I was like, "Wow, that's." Yeah. I didn't know what to think about it, and <clears throat> it was it was a bit weird. Um, and so yeah, then I went to to the to those trials, and that was the first time I really thought that's when I like after the ski instructor. That was like, "Oh, this could be something big." So did that, that did that event almost bring your focus back into rugby from there? Because I know how you spoke about, you know, skiing and, you know, the Whistler thing and moving across to Canada. And then all of a sudden you've got this email and that teacher there being really supportive of you and like hyping you up there in the middle of the lesson, you know, did that suddenly switch your focus and your attention and your drive back towards rugby, do you think? Um, yeah, I think so, actually, because I was actually looking at... I, I, was it in even in second year of sixth form maybe end of first year I was looking at universities in Canada um on scholarships for rugby or sort of skiing and stuff to, because I was like oh, I'm reset really on moving to Canada and I got that email went to these trials and I was like I then I actually got invited to the extended Wales under 18 squad um and went for a few training sessions with like at the Vale met the Wales team and I was in like a big environment like a high performance environment I've never been in before Mm. and I just loved it and I was like yeah this is what I want to do like this is what I'm going to do for most of my life um until I got dropped which was <laughs> which was pretty heavy oh, <laughs> it's probably gosh, my, yeah. I feel like I'm leaning on for you but it's quite hard well to... no see I, I know what comes next and, and <clears throat> you know what at the time you probably didn't know what comes next so I'm sitting here smiling thinking oh, I know what happens <laughs> I know what happens in Zach's story Everyone else watching this at home might not even know what happens next in Zach's story. But this is two occasions now, two occasions where a young man who is feeling confident in his game, feeling happy about where he is. And, you know, all of a sudden these sort of premium professional-ish environments and two occasions now it's been dropped. So you're, you're about to bounce back again. 
And how, <laughs> how did you find the, the energy and the, the drive to go and do that? Because to not only be dropped once, that's big enough on its own, but to be dropped twice from two different camps, two different age groups, that, that's quite an experience to have to go through, especially not even as an adult, but as a young man growing yeah. up. Um, so I, I'm, I was, um, I can remember, I got a call from the manager of the Wales Exiles, the Welsh Exiles, who was part of this, like, so they'd pick their extended squad for Wales 18s, and then they'd narrow it down, and then your manager from Blues or Exiles or Scarlets would call you, and he called me and he went, they decided to go in a different direction and, and, and not pick you. And I was in my parents' bedroom because I was like, I'm getting a call from Gareth. And they were like, that could be big. And I was like, okay. So I went up to the bedroom um, and he said it and, and my mum was standing there in front of me and I was like smiling and I just, my face just dropped and she went, oh no. And, and he said, I hope you're okay and all that. And then I hung up the phone and I just burst into tears. Um, I'm not really one to, I'm not one to, be embarrassed about crying. I, I know if I do it now and I've done it before and I'll do it for the rest of my life. So it's I've, natural. It's only natural. Exactly. So I'd happily say I, I burst into tears, ran to my room, sat on my bed and, and, and thought that my career is something that I really wanted to do was just over at that point. And I thought, oh, if I don't get into Wales under 18s, I'm not going to get into England under 18s. I'm not going to get into any other big teams because it's like, it, they're the same level. And it's, um, and it was, it was, probably the worst thing I've, I remember it, it was just the worst feeling I've ever had um, with regards to being dropped from a, from a whole team. Mm. Um, I just couldn't get over it. I went to school the next day, people were talking and asking, um, asking me about it because I had actually on my 18th birthday, I had a black tie event and I only had two drinks because I had the Wales 18th camp fitness testing next the next week. So the big old 18th birthday was meant to be me getting my first drinks, having a great time. Yeah. I had a really fun time, but my head was always on, you on the focused. camp. You were, you were and definitely then set on getting into A few that. days after it, I got the, the call that I'd done that and, and, and being dropped. And it was, it was heartbreaking, really. It was, it was something I don't think I could ever describe to someone because it, it, it was just, it's like, this is so hard to describe because it, Goosebumps talking about it now because it was just one of those where you're just at a low and you're just like, I, I can't, I don't know what to do. And I, and I went to school the next day, don't, was like like blunt, didn't laugh. I usually loved going to school and then and having seen my mates and stuff. And then I was, they were like, what's up? And I was like, I've, I've been dropped. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, like they just cut you off. Um, and you don't get back in. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, it just, you don't have a second chance in, in, in getting into that squad. And it's, that's what really set in is like this. That was probably one of the times I realised this, this career is really cutthroat, and I'd have to be mentally tough when these decisions happen, and and, and use them as as fuel to to make my career better rather than something to stop me from from getting where I want to go. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, what were the next steps for you? Because I know where you ended up next, and where you ended up next is an amazing achievement. So what did you do that meant that you ended up in that England setup? Spoiler alert for everyone. I've just said that too now. Um, so what happened was I, I actually, the, my 18th birthday was in November. My 18th birthday party was in the end of November. And my birthday was in December. It was the 3rd of December. And on the 4th of December, I had a selection match for London and South East regional side. Um, so it was a day off my birthday. I'd been dropped from Wales. 
oh, I had I been, dro- I don't know if I've been dropped from Wales, but I think I didn't get an email or something. And I was feeling a bit like, oh, I don't know what's going to go on here. So it's just before the call. Um, and we went to play Hertfordshire, I think, ages away. Me and my, and me and my best friend Jonah, um, haven't played with him since Hampshire under 18s. And that was one of our games. And I had, I sc- it was a day off my birthday and I scored four tries. Um, we won, I scored the game winning try as well. It was, it was probably one of the best feelings I've had. Um, and I have a photo of me and Jonah after it. And I was like, wow, I was like at the high, I was still with, I had England, um, the regional uh, set up from England looking at me. I had Wales 18s on my back. Um, and I was like, this is, this is great. This is it. And so then I got the call and I was like, oh my God, this is horrendous. Like, I hate, I hated it. And then, so the next step was to just enjoy the next games that I had and go full ham into the, into the Southeast setup and be like, I can, yeah. I can get into that. And I thought, oh, about uh, each step, I don't think about the next step. I think, about, oh, I'm going to get into this thing and I'll get into the next one and I'll just work. Um, spoke to the Southeast coaches. I, I got my um, selection in, went to the training, which was sort of like a mini trial again. Oh, I went, actually I went to the trials, which were um, London Irish um, Centre in Hazelwood. Um, which was a bit, some memories. Bit, yeah, it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. Um, <laughs> But I went there and scored two, three tries. We played two games. I scored in each of them. Performed personally without blowing my own trumpet. I performed very well. Um, and got selected for the final London and South East squad that went to the selection weekend for England counties under 18s. Um, and I just remember one of the South East coaches going, I was like, oh, I don't know what I've done. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get in. And he was like, that you scored four tries in a selection match with all of the Southeast selection committee there and you won the game. And I was like, oh, I guess so. But then even in, then I, I'd made mistakes in that game and I'd made mistakes in the trials and I'm always one to focus on mistakes rather than good things because in my head, everyone can do good things, but the best people don't make mistakes. And then that, I had to switch my thinking is everyone makes mistakes, but you've got to come back and do a better thing than the mistakes you made. Absolutely. So, I so yeah, that was where it was. I, I I went into the southeast setup and went to this weekend, and it was like a so first time I'd ever had like a change room where my I had like a name plaque. I had like my my shirt hung up. I had socks. I had energy drinks. I had all this nutrition nutritional stuff there for for us to play two games, um, or three games. It was two games, I think. So you played one game, um, the first on a Saturday when you got there. Then you went to a hotel and you, and it was like a first. I'd never been on a rugby tour. I've never, still never been on a rugby tour because it's been very serious for me and I've never gone on the, the, the drink loads of alcohol on rugby tours. Um, so I was in a hotel with loads of boys and I was like, we had like all of that. We had to go to breakfast in our England counties, no, in our South London Southeast stuff, like all of the stuff we've been given. Uh, we had to represent, I had to learn how to not, not to be, not to act badly, but I had to learn how to represent someone I'm like trying to project myself in, in the best way is what I really want to say. Um, so even at breakfast and lunch and between games, I was still like, I was like, I switched on all the time until I went to my hotel room. Um, and luckily in that, uh, in that weekend, I scored twice and, and we won both our games and we, and sort of solidified my selection for England counties. Yeah. And that, that must've been a huge, huge honor. And you mentioned 
um, briefly before like we discussed the whole England sort of county selection. You mentioned that name very briefly that if anyone follows you on social media will know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> your best mate Jonah, who we, you can never really tell if there's a love-hate relationship between <laughs> the two of you, but it's very cute to see. It's almost like this sort of Chandler and Joey combination <laughs> going on, which is quite good to see. But how important is having someone like Jonah um, in your life whilst you were facing all of these trials in terms of the being dropped from Wales thinking am I even good enough for England am I actually any good at rugby <laughs> to have you know a friend with you saying oh come on mate stop being so dramatic or you know just picking you up when you're when you need it in those moments how much did that mean to you it's quite funny and he's um, gonna hate me for saying this but the, the game was scored four tries and he had the worst rugby game of his life and, uh, <laughs> I always make jokes about it. I'm like oh, I love that day um, and it was a weird one. It, he, it, we found this out the other month actually. So um, he and another friend who were both in the um, London Irish setup in the bronze. Like when I came back down to bronze, they, would, uh, we, we, they found messages between two Jonah and my other friends saying, "Oh, that dickhead Zach's back again. He's been dropped back down. Thinks he's a business." And I was like, "Wow, that's hilarious." And then me and Jonah, odd. It's, it's very weird. Like we haven't been mates for like ten years. We've been mates for a few years. But we just click, um, and I've luck. So I've got another friend called Sophia, who's doesn't like isn't like a rugby expert. She doesn't play rugby. She plays lacrosse at Cardiff Uni, and is like a sister to me. I've known her for fifteen years. I've been best yeah. mates with her for fifteen years. So to have Joan on the rugby side and the lad kind of side come back in rugby, he's like, "You're good at rugby. I know about rugby. You're going to make it." And Sophia'd be like, "Yeah, um, we all know you're good. Stop worrying." It was like two. Like some people sometimes you have angel and devil on the shoulder. I just had two angels being like, just keep, go, yeah. keep going, keep going, keep going. So fire's always there for me when I need to talk about like life issues if I'm feeling a bit down or something. Like Jonah's also there, and then he can also like add his his rugby expertise into it and say you're doing well at this. Stop thinking you're not. Um. So yeah, I describe Jonah as my wife on social media, and, and a lot of people have seen that. Um. He, he is he and Sophia have been vital to my um to my rugby development as much um as much as I can say like I can't really thank them enough and and, and on that note it's 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 comes back to the backing that you have is part of the career that you're you're building so my parents and my brother Jasper are, wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without any of them yeah um so yeah I'm really glad you brought that up because I've just got to say I've got so much I'm so grateful for, for everyone who's who's um, helped me to the point where I am in my life and I know that those same group of people uh, my friends at home my friends at uni will, will support me until till my retirement per se so especially my family so yeah that's all I'm going to say about those two yeah I'm sure Jonah will follow you into the same retirement home so you don't need to worry on that front <laughs> we're supposed <laughs> to get her down carefully or something <laughs> but yeah I, it's so important to have that sort of support behind you and you know it's so great to hear that that's obviously you know been a big part of driving you forward because it is it is important to make sure you you have that support network around you and I know um, over the past couple of years the more that I've got to know you the more you push for for better mental health for students the more you push for better mental health in general um, especially after some some poor events that happened over the last year or so especially not only in your rugby life but personal life yeah um, and it's it's good to see that you know you're standing up to to be the voice and you know say thank you to everyone that's around me to support me but how can I support you how can I support each other in that openness that you have as well um, do you think that that's important for, for all athletes to consider? So not just rugby players and not just footballers, but everyone 
well everyone whether you're an athlete or not to have that support network around you and to to be strong um yeah i think only recently after about after, after second year actually i got i got um really into mental health and really realized that it was such a taboo subject and it is something that needs to be spoken about because I've, don't get me wrong when I was a kid I wasn't I wasn't like the nicest bloke in school I, I made jokes I'd be like all of that I was I was yeah I, I wasn't like the, the shy one um and to look back at me I'd be like oh my god I'd actually hate me if I was if I was at school with me so I look back and I'm like I've got to do something to change it and I've got to do something to change um not to put it right but but to change into the person and grow into the person I want to be um, and I think that with mental health and with the support group, I've been able to do that. And I think anyone, not regardless of whether you're an elite sports person or an athlete or working a nine to five job, you need your support system because there's nothing worse than thinking, oh, I've got nothing going on, and, but there's no one to talk to about it. And I think for me, being through, well, I'm sure we'll get on to the, what happened with me, but um, for me, that at the times where I was struggling, my family, my parents, my brother, Jonas, a fire, my housemates when I was living with were vital to not just keep me going in my career, but keeping me going in certain parts of my life. Like I had a very low point and it, it was, it was one of the hardest things I've been through, probably the hardest. So for me to disregard mental health now would be something I just wouldn't be able to do. It's just horrendous. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, Let's let's move back to rugby now. Like that's obviously a very important message, but we're moving across back to rugby now. So you've just been selected for England under 18s counties. Wow. Where were you when you found out that news? So we've heard about you, you know, you've been in school getting the email, the lesson kind of stops. You have yeah. a phone call on the on your mum's bed and you know, the tears. And what sort of feeling was that when you looked at the email, picked up your phone, and all of a sudden you had someone say, Zach, you're gonna be an England player? Um it was quite a weird one. I think I was at school. It was a. It came out as um. As a, as like a as a squad was released online, and I knew what time it was going to be, so I didn't focus on any of my lessons. Um, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to wear that 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 jersey. And and funniest part, which I find hilarious, was some people, so many people, first I found out were like, it's not real England, though, is it? And I was like, I found that hilarious. I was like, that's just wow. jealousy coming through because yeah. I've worked hard to get here. Um. I don't need you to talk to me like that. And it, and I found it absolutely hilarious that that was the first time. But the one of the best things was the games, the, the games were, the, against Ireland were played in in my home city um, where I used to play rugby for um, United Services. Oh, and our camp, we were, we were in where I used to play rugby for school. We were in a naval base called HMS Temeraire and we were camped there for two weeks. So... I had so many friends and family come to watch. I look at the photos and now I can spot them all in the crowd. And it, and when I, when I, if you find out at the trials before, at the end of the trials, before you get selected. And I was like, Oh my God, imagine if I got selected, I'd have so many people be able to come and watch me. And I'd love that because I'd be able to share it with all my friends and they wouldn't have to come over to Ireland or something like that. Yeah. And I got selected and I was like, Oh my God. I like called my parents. I was like, I'm going to play in an England shirt down the road from where I was like, started my first career my, my career in rugby all my friends would come watch I was so excited um we had a a weekend where we went to play Ealing Academy and that was like just 20 minutes from where I lived and then we drove to London we yeah. went to Farnham Rugby Club where I played as mini rugby and an open training session where kids asked for autographs after and we were all like we're not really 
people used to be doing that for, but they were like literally looking at me like about to cry, and I was like, oh, all right, okay. Yeah. See, that's that's the moment where you should have gone back to all those people and said, oh, this isn't real England, and you should have gone, well, I mean, this would not be happening if, <laughs> if it wasn't good that. enough. Yeah, I think like people came, like loads of people came to watch the training session, and we, I was like, we're just training. Um, that was the first open training session, and then yeah, I was just. When I got the t- when I looked at the squad, I was like, "Oh my god, this is quite mental." And I didn't really, I didn't really know. I was just like, I didn't really know much about the setup. I didn't know what it meant, and I was just, I just knew that I enjoyed playing rugby and I could play yeah. better rugby. Um, but yeah. And so, where did you slot into that team sheet? Were you playing in your preferred position on the wing? Were you playing um, in the centre? I started both games at thirteen. Um, every, well, three games at thirteen uh, when we played against Ealing in the training game, and then I slotted into 10 at the end of the evening game um, wow. yeah it's just a bit rogue um, which was really uh, I, I don't it's hard to describe because I've been told so many times like, oh, you, you were the first name on the team sheet and I was like mm, don't know if I was and then didn't really want to talk about it um, but yeah I was lucky enough to start both games so I've got two 13 shirts um, one of them's hung up uh, in my school framed in my school which is nice um and the other one's framed next to my cap at home down the corridor which looks like Amazing. a hall of fame towards my bedroom which i always take the mick out of my brother for because he's his next to mine thank you for joining me james roberts in conversation with rising star zach Clough. part two of zach's interview will be out next week and make sure you stay tuned for more athletes talking to me about their sports and the impact it's had on their lives